this whole weekend. So you all have to stay open, amen? And his presence is here. The presence of God is already on the inside of you all. And he's ready to do a work, amen? Well, you all may be seated. Hallelujah. Praise God. Pastor Jordan Jacobs, where are you? Okay. Just wave your hand. I don't know where you are. But anyway, I appreciate you allowing me to speak to your uh, youth and to the visiting churches here tonight um, because it is my passion to get you all to understand the love that the Father has for you. You know, when I read Jeremiah 1.5, it talks about how he created us and he formed us in our mother's womb and he had a plan for us. He had an assignment for us. So you're not in this earth just to be in this earth. You're here ordained by God. This is for you. Amen. And so what we're going to understand is that the whole, uh, the earth, they're making a lot of changes. And God told us that we're in this world, but we're not of this world. So you all have to understand that you are Christians. You are children of God. You belong to God. He created you for his purpose and not for the world's purpose. And if you don't understand that, you're going to yield to the temptations that are out there. And I'm going to show you in the word of God today that there are right relationships and there are wrong relationships. And the only way you're going to know the right relationships is if you renew your mind to the word of God, like Romans 12, 2 says, and a lot of the pastors have told us, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. You're making some transformations right now in this place tonight, whether you know it or not. Every time you hear the word, you're transforming. You're pouring God on the inside of you, and you're letting him make some new decisions in your life. You're letting him make some right thinking in your life tonight. And so you're not leaving out of here the same. Every time you come into God's presence, there's change. So how many of you all want change tonight? How many of you all want change? I don't see a lot of you responding because God said... <laughs> I want you all to turn with me to Romans because we were talking about evidence. And uh, I think Bra uh, Brandon, Pastor Brandon, uh, was almost getting ready to preach my message. But we're going to uh, start with this Romans um, 8, 14. Because the evidence is your lifestyle. And Romans 8, 14 says this. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So it's up to you on whether you want the Holy Ghost to lead and guide you in life. But one of the things I wanted to encourage you, when we talked about the name of Jesus and the power that's in the name of Jesus, one of the things you have to understand is that Jesus is in heaven on your behalf. In, in Hebrews, one of the words that really ministered unto me this year when I was talking, when Pastor Keith was talking about Jesus, he talked about him being our high priest. And he is your high priest, and it says in Hebrews 9, 12, for good things to come. He has good things assigned to your life. You might not see it right now, but there are good things ahead of you, and, but you cannot get those good things unless you stay in his plan. You will not get those th good things until you hunger and thirst for him, until you have an appetite for him. And you might be the only one having an appetite, but you're going to be the only one receiving what God has for you. And I want to just share something about my life because I wanted to let you know that this is a passion on my life. It's being led by the Spirit of God. Because when you're outside of God, you make all the wrong decisions. And I made all the wrong decisions. Pastor Keith is here today, and we've been married for 30, 
I guess it'll be 33 years this year, 34 years. Hallelujah. But one of the things you don't understand is that we grew up on the same street. We played together. We dated for six years, and then we've been married for 33 years, so you go figure. It was God's plan for us to meet. It was God's plan for us to marry, but because we did it outside of God, we did things outside of God that could have uh, destroyed God's destiny for our lives. But one of the things about it is that because we we were raised in the church, when things got difficult in our lives and we realized our lives were empty, the only person we knew to go to was Jesus. So you can't take for granted what you're doing now. I don't take for granted you being in this place tonight because God has a plan for your life and you're going to need that plan. And you have an enemy and his name is Satan. And it says that he comes to sift you. It says that he comes and he want, and, the, and God's plan for you when the devil comes is to resist him steadfast in the faith. He has no power over you. The only thing you have to do is make the right decisions in life. The decisions that you make in life can either be good or bad. They can take you detrimentally in the wrong way or they can take you in the right way. Well, one of the things about Pastor Keith and I is that we did things the wrong way. And but God's grace and mercy, it was sufficient for us because even though we were doing things wrong, it was still God's plan for us to do things right. So you might be doing some things wrong, but it is God's plan for you to get it right tonight. That's his grace and that's his mercy. That's his love for you is that he don't want you left out of his plan. He wants you to stay in his plan. And so what happened is that Pastor Keith and I, when we were in college, then things began to change in our lives to where we didn't even want to be around each other. Of course, we did made some wrong choices. We ended up living together. And then when we lived together, then we didn't like each other. How do you do that? You live together. You couldn't wait to live together. When you live together, you don't like each other. But that was God's plan. Because marriage, in Hebrews, it says marriage is honorable. Not boyfriend and girlfriend, not living together. That's not honorable before the Father. But marriage is honorable. So God was trying to get us married instead of shacking. Amen? So we had to do it God's way. And when it was time for us to separate, I'm telling you, we were so happy. We were not bitter at each other. We were so happy to depart. Because when we departed, we had peace. When we departed, we had joy. But when we were living together and doing it wrong, we had guilt, we had shame, we had anger, we had bitterness. And God was trying to get us in his plan so that we can have a good life. And so I thank God for his grace and mercy that he allowed us to get things right. Uh, Pastor Keith, he was not a good sinner at all. He was not a good sinner. And some of you guys, that's what I want to tell you, you're not a good sinner. Some of you all are just trying to sin because your friends are sinning and you don't feel good at all about it. Pastor Keith did not feel at all about it because when I was trying to get him to sin with me, he didn't look right. (laughs) When I tried to take him to the clubs, he did not look right dancing. When I tried to take him skating, he did not look like skating and trying to keep a beat. So I had to go off and leave him when we went around the corner because you had to keep that beat going around the corner. And he would just stiffen up. And I thought, oh, this is not working. So I tried to leave him alone at the skating rink. He was not a good cigarette smoker because I smoked cigarettes. I thought maybe he can smoke them. And when he smoked it, he let the smoke go all the way to the butt of the cigarette. I said, man, that's not working. And so after he made Jesus the Lord of his life, I said, you know what? That's what he was. He was born to be a man of God. And that's what you all are born. You all are born to be a man of God, a woman of God. You're not born for the world. That's why things don't fit in your life. That's why you're here. Because you made some decisions like the world and it's not fitting. And some of you all are confused. And we're going to get you delivered tonight. 
because you're going to be have clarity tonight when you leave here that you are a child of God. Those that are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. You are a child of God. You're supposed to let the Holy Ghost lead you. And when you're leading yourself, then you're going to have a shame, you're going to have guilt, and you're going to have confusion. And so you all are not going to leave out of here the same. So I stand before here letting you all know that God wants all of you. When I'm talking about living a pure life, I'm talking about spirit, soul, and body. I'm talking about your eye gates living holy. I'm talking about your ear gates living holy. I'm talking about the words that you say living holy. I'm not just talking about sex. Because a lot of things that you're putting in your ears and you're watching is causing you to have that. So you're going to have to watch everything that you do because your body belongs to God. You are the temple of God. He lives on the inside of each one of you. Everywhere you go, what you say, he's there. And so I just want to let you know that this is a passion of mine because God's grace is sufficient for whatever you're going through. And like uh, uh, Brother Brandon said, this generation belongs to you. And I liked when he talked about the young people. You all need to be serving God now in your local church. You need to be having a passion. I mean, a lot of the young people spend time trying to date and be cool instead of serving God. And it's a joy when you find young people like I have Miss China. Where is Miss China? Raise your hand. Okay. Hallelujah. Isaiah, raise your hand. Tracy, raise your hand. Candice, raise your hand. Uh, Diamond, raise your hand. Stephanie, raise your hand. These are my youth leaders. They help and assist Candice. But if they were dis- uh, decided to marry, do you not know who I would have to look at in order for, to agree with them to marry? Because these are worshipers. These are young people who love God. They serve their ushers. They not only help Candace in the ministry, they ushers. They do child care services. So God has a plan for you now. He has a destiny for you now. He wants to talk to you now about what you're to do. Because what happens when you find that person? They're going to have to worship God on the same level or more than you. You're not going to settle for a non-worshipper. And that's why when I look at you all worshiping and I look at the guys and you all are cool. What a wonderful name it is. You got to lift up the name of Jesus. Because if you don't lift him up now, you're not going to lift him up when you get married. You're not going to lift him up when it's time for that baby to need healing. You're not going to lift him up when your wife get, needs to lift off the depression. You're not going to lift him up when the finances look bad. you got to lift him up now. It says in Ecclesiastes 12, you serve God in your youth when the days are good. You don't want to wait till the days are evil. You want to serve God now. When there's joy in your life, there's peace in your life. But what you don't know is God has been keeping you from a child. There's, he has delivered you from things that you have not even seen yet. Things that you hadn't even seen. You thought it was the seatbelt that kept you safe. No, it was God's hand. You thought it was uh, the pills that made you sleep at night. No, it was God giving you that peace at night. You thought you broke up with that guy. No, it was God that helped you to break up in that relationship. So you hadn't even seen all that God has kept you from. That's why he has to be praised. And that's why you all can't be ashamed. Females, I know you're among the men, the young boys tonight. You might think, I don't want him to see me worshiping like I do at church. No, you better go ahead and do that. You better go ahead and do it because you don't want somebody in your house that's going to pull you away from the word of God. You don't want somebody in your house that's going to pull you away from church. You want somebody that's going to take you forward in the things of God. So that worship, when you see that man lift his hand up, that is a a humbling moment. 
between you and God. That means God can speak to him anytime. When trouble comes, that man is going to lift his hand up to the Father. When, you, when things get down, he's going to lift his hand. That's the kind of man you want. You don't want a man that's just doing, looking at God and you're just thinking, okay, really? Because that's how your life is going to be, really? You know, and God has a plan for you to marry someone just the way that he created you. But let's look at uh, Genesis 39. I need, my, um, I need my ladder up. All right now. Some of you all remember this ladder. This is a marriage ladder. I just want to let you know. If you look at some of the things that's on this ladder, this is not for the singles. But I know a lot of y'all are doing it. <laughs> that sweaty hold hand is supposed to be for that man or that woman that you're married to. That arm around the shoulder, that first kiss should have been for the man or the woman that you married. That mega kiss should be going on right now. Getting all touchy and feeling. But a lot of the young people are pursuing this because this is what the world is telling you, how to have a relationship. Look at, uh, before we turn to um, Genesis, turn to me to 1 Corinthians because this is one of the scriptures that set Pastor Keith and I free. When Pastor Keith made Jesus the Lord of his life, we both made him at the same time. 1 Corinthians 7. I don't know what was said. But he chased me down. The people at Church on the Rock, y'all hear him talking about I chased him. No, he chased me down. And I'm not going to tell you how he chased me. I'm not going to tell you. But, But after God delivered us, you have to walk out your deliverance. You have to walk out your salvation. You have to renew your mind to the word of God and walk it out daily. This is like relationship is a personal relationship between you and God. And when Pastor Keith made Jesus the Lord of my, his life and I made Jesus the Lord of my life, I did not look to him to see how far he was going with God. I looked to Jesus to see how far I could go with him. And I shut myself up in the room and I got to know him like never before because Pastor Keith is not a healer. Pastor Keith is not a deliverer. Pastor Keith could not supply me with anything, and I only knew that God could do that. So I locked myself up with Jesus. And what I wanted, I wanted a man that had the same passion for God that I had. So what we did, we were Baptist people. We didn't know the things of God. We just got into the, I got into the word of God. But the thing about it, he didn't want to go backwards. I didn't want to go backwards. He did not want to go backwards. But this scripture set us free. Uh, 1 Corinthians 7, 1. Now, concerning the things whereof you wrote me unto me. So they had to, had to write uh, Paul about this. It is good for a man not to touch a woman. Can I get an amen? Some of y'all don't look happy about that. Some of y'all look like, really? I mean, I really like that touch that I got last week. And you telling me he can't touch me? No, because you're not his wife. You're not his husband. The touch is for your mate. It's not for your boyfriend or girlfriend. It's not, you know, it's not for nobody else but your mate. He said that the marriage is honorable and the bed is undefiled. If you look up at that ladder, the ladder, the higher you climb as a single person, the harder you're going to fall. The higher you climb and keep going, when that person lets you go, it's going to be a hard fall in your life. Because you climbed, you went up the ladder. Instead of you listening to what God said, you listened to the voices. In 1 Corinthians, uh, it talks about there are many voices. 
in this world. And some of the voices you're listening to on this music that you're listening to, some of the lyrics, some of you all talking about I like rap, but you're not even listening to the lyrics. The lyrics is telling you some of the things that's explicit things that you don't even understand. I mean, I don't even know what's out there, but I just don't even want to hear it. But some of you all are enjoying it, and then you're arguing to keep it in your life. And see, if you want to know God, God is not looking for a, a prideful person. He's looking for a person that's humble. He said, humble yourself down under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you. So you're thinking the rappers or whatever you all are listening to, or they're going to exalt you in the relationships. All they're going to do is hurt you in the relationships because the people that you're listening to, they're fornicators. And it tells you that you shouldn't be named a fornicator once you become a child of God. So what you're looking at could affect your relationship not only with God, but also with your family, with your friends. Because one of the things you don't understand in Deuteronomy, he told us, he said this, he said that Joshua said, I call to heaven and earth as a record to you against you that I have set before you life and death blessing and cursing therefore choose life he already told you what to choose choose life so I'm telling you today choose life in every situation and how do you know what's life is what the spirit of God is telling you according to the word of God the spirit and the word lines up and so when the spirit leads you it's going to lead you according to what's in the word of God it's not going to lead you outside the word of God so you have to understand your body only belongs to two people to God and to your mate So if that person is not my mate, why should I go up the ladder? Why should I? I mean, of course you're going to have eye contact with people. That's what Pastor Keith did to me. He spotted me out in the neighborhood. I'm just a little girl. I was probably two years old, and he was probably (laughs) ten. I always say. I was just minding my own business, playing with my doll babies, and he just wanted a girlfriend. So they're going to spot you out, young women. They're going to spot you out. But don't give them eye contact to where you're going to let them know that this is between you and I. Come on, we can make this happen. But that's one of the things that you don't want to do. But when it says in 1 Corinthians 7, 1, now concerning the things whereof he wrote unto you not to touch, he said, number two, nevertheless to avoid fornication. He's trying to get you to avoid fornication he's not trying to get you to go into it because your body belongs to God so the choices that you make could affect your relationship between you and God and you're going to see that it also affect your future family members because God said here in Deuteronomy he said that you may that you may love the Lord your God with all of your heart and obey his voice even though it's many voices out there you're only supposed to be obeying God's voice And the reason why, and and it says that you may cleave to him, for he is your life. A person is not your life. And so many times you all don't want people to know that you're single, but you're going to be single today, and you're going to enjoy being single. Because single means I'm still whole and unique. See, when Adam and Eve got together, he looked at Adam, he said, it is not good for Adam to be alone. He didn't say Adam was lonely. So if I separate an apple and I just put the apple over here and the bunches over here, that's a single apple, but it's still whole. It's still unique. So a person doesn't make you whole. You're whole whether you're single or whether you are married. And so many times what the single people think is that I need a man. You don't understand how old I am. According to the word of God, when I look at Rebecca and Rachel and all those ladies and those men, they were like 40 years old marrying. 
They were just they just had a passion for God. They just looked to God because they understood that there were good things coming to them. Ephesians 1 tells you that there's an inheritance later for you. You don't have to fight for nothing. God has everything for you. Everything that you desire in life, whether it's a job, whether it's a family, whether it's to be married, he has all those things laid up for you. You have an inheritance. So you know what? I don't have to listen to the world to get my inheritance. All I need to do is listen to God. So you know what? I don't have to change the way I dress to get a man. I don't have to do anything, change my vocabulary to get a woman. Hey, gal, you know, you ain't got to do all that. I mean, if they're going to say something like that, you already know you are not the one. Hey, boo. No, I am not your boo. Don't let people call you out of your name. And you think that's cute. That's what the world says. So you got to watch letting the world come into your life. He said, I'm in the world, but I'm not of the world. So that's what you need to tell that young man down at the gas station when he talks to you. I like those jeans you got on. Just say, well, they're not for you. <laughs> Just, you got to know how to say it. Because there are so many people out there of the world. And so then what you start doing is changing your dress code for a compliment. So what you're saying is that I don't trust God that he has a man for me, that he has an inheritance for me. So you know what? I got to do everything I need to do on my own. And young men, you need to just be bold to be the men of God that you need to be. It's okay to be a single man. You don't have to have a girlfriend. God made you whole and unique. And what you need to focus on is being a husband. You need to focus on being a husband. You're not just going to start serving God when you're 50 years old in the local church. You need to be serving God now when you're 16 and 13 years old. You can't do that. Yeah, David did. Everybody did that. You know, so we want to, I wanted to let you know. So your body belongs to the Lord. Just say that. Say, my body belongs to the Lord. But you know what you're going to have to do, which God was telling me the other day. He said, you're going to have to verbally say that you love me. Verbally tell him that you love him. You tell everybody else you love them. When was the last time you told God? When was the last time you placed your affections up on God? When was the last time you placed your appetite up on God? And the more you tell him, guess what? The more you're going to be pursuing him. Because when you tell somebody you love them, you start chasing them down. So if I see you chasing a guy down or a girl down, you have told them with your mouth, I love you, Billy. I love you, John boy. You know? <laughs> And you wonder why you can't let John Boy go. So y'all need to verbally tell God, have that personal relationship with God and say, God, I love you. Every day tell him that you love him. Every day tell the spirit of God to lead you in the way that you should go. Because the world is after you. The devil is after you. He don't want you to complete God's plan for your life. So let's turn to, back to Genesis 39, please. Praise God. And, we, and we're going to look at that ladder as I talk about this. Because this was a, a young man after the heart of God. And you're going to have to understand, even though you love God women, and even though you love God men, there are still people after you. They're going to see you totally different than how you see yourself. So you're going to have to see yourself as a man of God. You're going to have to see yourself as a woman of God. And you have to know that God has that person for you. But he, you can see that person that they are not passionately involved in the things of God. You already know that. God is not looking at the person outwardly. He wants you to look at the person inwardly. When Pastor Keith and I made Jesus the Lord of our lives, I wanted to hear the word come out of his mouth. I wanted to hear that he had a daily reading time. 
Sometimes I ask the, the single women, but this guy that you brought last Sunday, who was he's, he? He's a Christian. Really? Yeah, he said he go to church. Really? That's all you're looking for? Just somebody say I go to church? Really? What about the word? What about his personal relationship? When did you make Jesus the Lord of your life? I want to know that because I know when I made him the Lord of my life, I know when I placed him Lord over my life because I needed a savior. I could not deliver myself. I could not heal myself. So I remember that day when I placed him Lord. And you know what? I didn't care what my friends thought about me because like I said, when you get down and you need help, your friends cannot deliver you. But you know what I did? I locked myself up in the room and I got to know God for myself. I wanted to know him for myself so that when my friends ask questions, I can tell them what the word of God said. And I was not confused about it. I was not like, oh, I, I don't know. I, I just love God. No, I told them how I started my relationship with God and how my relationship with God was continuing. I let them know that I went to the altar. I made a decision to serve God. Nobody put a gun up to my head. Nobody did anything. I recognized that I needed change. And that's what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to recognize that you need change. So in Genesis 39, verse 1, it says this, and I love this. Somebody said, yeah. <laughs> 39, 1. And Joseph was brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him of the hands of the Ishmaelites, which had brought him down thither. Now, you got to understand he loved God. And even though you love God, he still has a plan for your life, no matter how the situation looks. I don't care if your job starts you off at $8 an hour and you think you need to make 12 God is going to bring you up to 12 15 16 He's going to surpass everything. So Joseph's love for God did not change, even though his brothers had, had, had sold him. And you know why his brothers sold him? Because he understood he had a, that God had a plan for his life. And he told his brothers, this is the future that I see that God is going to do in my life. And you know what? They could not fathom that. They could not handle what God was doing in his life. So you're going to know what God is doing in your life personally. But your sister might not understand it. Your brother might not understand it. Your mother not, might not understand it because Joseph's father didn't even understand it. But he recognized, I believe him, even though I cannot believe he's saying that this is going to come to pass. So what they ended up doing, they sold him. But God was still with Joseph. So he said this, he was sold, and then verse 2, and the Lord was with Joseph, see? And he was a prosperous man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. So he's minding his own business. And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. He was a single man, prospering. He was a single man. He didn't need a woman to prosper. He didn't need a woman to do anything. God blessed him in his single state. So you got to understand, God wants to bless you in your single state. And he said, and Joseph found grace in, the, in his sight, and he served him. And God said in Luke, he said he, uh, that Jesus found grace, favor with God and man. So when you do things God's way, Man is going to find favor in you. They're going to pick you out of everybody. Because when you serve God and you're with God, his grace is upon you. His favor is upon you. So people will pick you out of a crowd. And you don't even have to work at it. And then he said this, and he was the overseer over his house and all that he had put his hands to. Verse 5, and it came to pass from the time that he made him overseer in his house. And over all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. 
And the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in the house and in the field. And he left all that he had in Joseph's hand. And he knew not all what he had. You know that's something. Give you their whole checking account. You don't even, they, they don't even know what's in it, you know. And that's how favor God gave Joseph. And he said, and not all that he had saved the bread which he did eat. And Joseph was a goodly person and well favored. That means he could be trusted. He could be trusted when, when Pharaoh was not, when uh, Potiphar was not around, when Pharaoh was not around, he could not, he was trusted. And so everything that you do, people can trust you. That means even in church, I can trust you as a young person. I don't have to go behind you and see, well, what did they do? How did they act? What did they, if you're going to be a leader, be a leader. A leader brings people up. That means I can trust you. Don't be saying that you are a leader and you don't have anybody following you. Because people are looking for people to follow. And he was a goodly man. And it says here. Oh, okay. Excuse me. And um, let me turn to verse 7. And it came to pass that these things that his master's wife. What did she do? Look at the ladder. Look at that. And she was a married woman. What is she doing looking at a man, a single man? You can't do that. So I'm telling you, God is trying to tell you that there are situations that are coming in your life, and it doesn't mean for you to yield to them. Joseph knew the word of God, so he knew that God was with him, but he knew this situation was wrong. So listen, look at the ladder. But let me say something about the ladder. Do you see the forms that's on this ladder? Do you see the process that people go through in a relationship? One of the things that I noticed that when you read the word of God, they go from eye contact to sexual intercourse. So if somebody has eye contact with you and they're talking to you on the phone, talking to you on Facebook, and they just want to go to sexual intercourse, you should already have a flag up. Girl, what you got on? What are we going to do? When we go out there, what are we going to do? I mean, why would that be a concern? We're just going to McDonald's. I mean, and going home. What do, I mean, and what are we going to do afterwards? I mean, what are you trying to do? You should already know that's a red flag. What are we going to do afterwards? Really? Can we not go play pool? Can we not go to laser tag? Why we always got to do something else? Can we not go home after this? Because what he's trying to do is take you up there because what he's trying to do is deceive you. Because that's the wrong place to be because that bed is for marriage. It's not for single people. So she cast her eyes upon him, and, but he refused. I mean, this was a rich lady. She was nice looking. She was a queen. I can hear y'all in that girl, man, you know what? <laughs> she bad and she liked me. Joseph said he refused it. And she got ahead of problem with that. I mean, I don't care if a cute girl come up to you young men and she looks good and she got all the hair, the pretty teeth, and she said, come and lie with me. Can we do something? You should already say, oh, no, this is not the one. Because what she's trying to do is what this lady did to Joseph. Joseph was already prospering. God was already with him. He didn't need a woman to do anything further than that. So things was going well in his life. But this woman in Proverbs, it talks about a strange woman. It tells the young men, you watch that strange woman because her voice would drip with honey. She knows all the right words to say she looked good. But the Proverbs, if you guys would look at Proverbs every day, I think it's like 31 Proverbs. If you don't have anything to reread a Proverbs a day, it would tell you about the strange women that you're hooking up with. 
And then when you get, I don't know what was wrong with Gal. I mean, she just, I mean, she was just, I mean, just miserable. I mean, she just stayed in strife. She, she was up one day, down the next. It was a strange woman. That's how she lived. But he said this. He said he refused it. And, the, and, my, and, and he said, behold, my master wadeth not what is with me in this house. And he has committed all that he had to me. Joseph knew the boundaries. You got to understand the boundaries in life. What belongs to you, what don't belong to you. What belongs to somebody else and what doesn't belong to you. And these are your sisters in Christ. Girls in the room, you are sisters in Christ to these young men. So when you're here at this camp, these are your sisters in Christ. And girls, these guys are your brothers in Christ. You all are the body of Christ, so you're here to edify each other and to encourage each other, not to try to get with each other. And that's what happened at a lot of these youth camps. The girls feel distraught because he didn't look at me. I was there for four days. He didn't look at me. I mean, I had my hair braided, had my lipstick on. I mean, man, I was really looking forward to doing something for four days. No, you're here to draw closer and draw nigh to God. And he said he will draw nigh to you if you draw nigh to him. So you're here to draw nigh to God today. That's why you don't have your cell phones. That's why you don't have any computers. You're here to sell out for Jesus because he has a plan for your life. And just like uh, Brother Brandon said, you're here to be an evidence So when you go back home, your parents can see proof that Church on the Rock Youth Camp, man, it is awesome. They bring Jesus into the situation. They bring the Holy Ghost into the situation. They they give you a refreshing, a time of refreshing when I feel empty. So they need evidence that it's working. But it doesn't matter that when you go back home, whether or not your mother or your dad has changed, it's whether or not you have changed. Because Joseph was not even with his parents. He loved God and had the peace of God, whether his mom or his dad was with him. He was by himself. So it doesn't matter whether your mom or your dad are serving God today, whether or not they lift their holy hands or whatever. You do what you're supposed to be doing because God is still trying to get an inheritance to you. You have your own inheritance. Your parents have theirs. You have yours. Your sisters have theirs. Your brothers have theirs. And so this is what verse 9 says. And there is none greater in the house. And he's still having to tell this lady, listen. She wouldn't even take no for an answer. He had to break it down to it. <laughs> you know she's mentally wrong when you got to break, break something down to somebody. They're just not taking no for an answer. So therefore, there is none greater in the house than I. Neither hath he kept back anything from me but you, because thou art his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? See, that was, his, that was it right there. He knew that if I did this, I'm going to sin against God. That's what you're going to have to understand. If I cross over this line and make the wrong choice, I'm sinning against God. And him only have I sinned against. So you got to understand, when I make a choice, when I choose good or evil, good is always on the side of God. He said, choose life. When you choose good, you're choosing life. That you may live and that your family may live because some of the decisions that I told you that you can make can affect your seed, your children, your grandchildren. But God wants you to have a good life. He wants you to be able to have your children see the good in you, your grandchildren be able to enjoy that. You don't have to go back and tell them about your past and why you only have one eye because I used to fight in the bars and, you know, your grandmama caught me with a woman and she cut my... You ain't got to hear all that. You know, it's good things. He wants your your grandchildren to hear good things about you and your future. Y'all laughing, buddy. I mean, some people have gone through that. Granddaddy, what happened to your toe? You know? 
But remember that he was sinning against God in verse 10. And it came to pass that she spake to Joseph day by day. Y'all got girls speaking to you all day by day. You got boys speaking to you day by day. But he said, and she called him by his garment, saying, loud with me. She's still trying to get him up in the bedroom. And he left his garment in her hand. And, of course, the, she told her husband, she lied on her husband. But if you turn back over to, uh, if you turn to chapter 41, and even though this happened to Joseph, her husband believed him. And it said this in verse 41, 15, God still showed up in Joseph's life. No matter who, lied on, who lies on you, who don't believe you, who don't like you, God is still with you. Just because man leaves your life, I mean mankind, if they leave your life, God's plan is still going on. That's why you don't have to cry if Shaniqua leaves, you know, Hillary leaves your life. I mean, I don't care who leaves your life. God's plan for you is what you want. So you got to understand that's who I'm looking for. But look at uh, 4115. And it says this, and Pharaoh said to Joseph, I have dreamed a dream and there is none that can interpret it. And I have heard say of thee that thou can understand the dream to interpret it. You got to remember, he was in jail. He was in prison. Now he's getting out of the prison. And so God not only had the life for him when he was with Potiphar, but now he's with Pharaoh. That's the king. So God has a higher plan for your life than what you see now. But you're going to have to do like Joseph. You're going to have to realize that if I do this thing, I will sin against God. And what God is trying to do, he's trying to get me somewhere. He's trying to get my inheritance. Look at Joseph's inheritance that he got in verse 41. It says this, and, and, and Pharaoh said to Joseph, see, I have set thee over all the land of Egypt. Just because he kept what God honored. He honored what God honored. And that's what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to honor what God honors. And Pharaoh took off his ring from his hand and put it upon Joseph's hand and arrayed him with vestures of fine linen and put a gold chain upon his neck. In verse 45, and it says, And Pharaoh called, okay, look at verse 43, And he made him ride in the second chariot which he had, and they cried before him, Bow the knee. And he made him ruler over all the land of Egypt. And look at verse 44. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, I am Pharaoh, and without thee should no man lift up his hand or foot at all in Egypt. And Pharaoh called Joseph the name of Zavadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadadad
So you don't have to walk outside of God's plan to get what you desire. God already has it together. So there's a right relationship and there's a wrong relationship. And you got to do it God's way. And I wanted to show you this other relationship before we end tonight because I have some words for some people that God had given me. But let's look at this other relationship because there are some girls that you can end up going in the wrong direction. Uh, let's look at... Um, Let's look at um, 1 Kings 11.1. I'm just going to hand you these scriptures right quick. 1 Kings 11.1. Praise God. Because I can tell you today what to do and how you can get the blessing of God upon your life, but you're still going to have to leave out of here in power with the Holy Ghost because the Holy Ghost is there to empower you. He's inside of you to strengthen you where you are weak. He's there to build you up and to edify you, so you're going to have to constantly depend upon him. Uh, we said First Kings 11.1, 1, but King Solomon loved many strange women. His parents told him what kind of woman to get. And he still went over their head and married all kind of strange women. He was the king. He didn't have to go get nothing but one wife, but he still loved women. So you're going to have to watch what you're listening to, what you're looking at, who you're hanging around, your associations. Because nowadays, one girl is not enough for guys. Man, you only got one. I got like three. And if you look at all these boxers and you look at these rappers and whoever you all are looking at, they got more than one girlfriend and they kick back in the house and they got all the cars. And you're thinking, wow, is that the life I need to live to get that? Well, that is death. That's not life. That's death. I look at someone when they used to with that. It was a man called Hugh Hefner. I don't know what he's doing now. But he had all those bunny girls. I don't even know which bunny he married. He just had so many bunny girls. I don't know which one he has, but I guarantee you he ain't got one. But they used themselves because what happened, the devil wants you to be used, to feel used. He wants you to feel like you've just been abused. He wants you to just feel like you're just nobody, that God has just left you out. And the only thing about it is the choices that you're making. It's the thoughts that you're thinking about your destiny. You got to look at God's thoughts about your destiny. Stop looking at your friend and what's going on in her life. And make sure you live for God and go on with him. So he had an opportunity to get all kind of women, but he hooked up with strange women. And he said that he turned from God, but he still had the, he had the fame and the wealth, but he still turned from God. So God is trying to tell you that. But then look at Genesis 34, 1 through 3. I wanted to share this with you because I want to let you know, too, there are some wrong places that you can go. You got to watch where you're going. There are many voices, and some of them can tell you, let's go here, let's go there, and you're not led by the Spirit of God, and the Spirit of God is keeping you in God's plan for your life. Look at 34, 1 through 3. And Dinah, the daughter of Leah, this is Leah and Jacob's daughter, um, it, she went out to see the daughters of the land. And y'all know what happened to her? She stepped outside of God's plan to go with the other women in the world. You're in the world, but you're not of the world. And she got raped because what happened, he cast his eyes upon her, and then he took her straight to the bed. Just because she made the wrong decision and hanging around the wrong people. So many times you can see people in your school, people, uh, I don't care if they're in your church, and you can just think they're the right people to go around, but that could be your last day that you can hang around them. 
And I know we have a lot of people even on our news who, who've made the wrong decisions at, on campuses. So some of you all that are going to school, you're going to have to watch who you hang around on campuses because a lot of them are making wrong decisions under alcohol and drugs, and they're getting making wrong decisions, and then now they're on the news, on the headlines, where they're being arrested and in prison. So you got to watch it. You can't hang around the people in this land. You can't do what they do. So you're going to have to make the right decisions and do what God is telling you to do. But look at Genesis 24. Turn over to Genesis 24. Let me show you a right relationship. Genesis 24. I mean, yeah, Genesis 24. You know Abraham. Then let me tell you something about Joseph. Joseph, you remember I told you in Deuteronomy how it said that um, if, you, um, if you listen to love the Lord your God, it said this. Let me read this again before I read this. It says this, I call heaven to earth and record against you today that I have said before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. That was Abraham's whole heart for his family, was for them to make the right decisions and live because God was in covenant with him. And God told him, this is the life that I have for your whole family. So Abraham knew. Y'all have it made. Out of everybody in this nation, you all have it made. But it also says this in, uh, verse, um, in, Gen- in Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Joseph was Jacob's son. So you got to understand, Jacob, Joseph had a legacy of men that honored God. That was where he came from. So that's why I'm telling you, you're going to have to make the right choices because you can leave a legacy to your children and your grandchildren to honor God. And that's why Joseph made that right decision because his great-grandfather, his grandfather, and his father made the right decisions in honoring God. So it starts with you. You don't have to look to see where you came from or where you are now. You can say, God, this is how you did Joseph. You love me just like you did Joseph. You love me. I am joint heirs with Jesus. I am heirs of God. I'm an heir of God. He has everything for me. I don't have to fight for anything. All I got to do is love him more than I love myself. He said, you take up your cross daily and follow him. And so this is what he said, um, Genesis 24. And Abraham was old and well stricken in age. And the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. And Abraham said unto his eldest servant of the house that ruled over all that he had, put, I pray thee, thy hand under my thigh. He was going to make a promise, a covenant. And I will make thee swear by the Lord thy God of heaven and the God of the earth, that thou should not take a wife unto my son of the daughters of the Canaanites. Even though you're in the world, you're not of the world. He did not want his son to even marry one of the women in the land where they were. Because he would, they would have been unequally yoked. They would have taken them away from God, just like God told all the all the other forefathers, he said, if you leave me, they're going to cause you to serve their God. So you're thinking that I can get them, and then I can get them to serve God. No, God said they will get you to serve them, and that's what happened to Solomon. He had a, a relationship with God, but he married all these women, and they didn't want God. So in order to keep them in their life, he had to go where they were wanting to serve God. So in order to keep that girl or that boy, you're going to have to do what they're telling you to do instead of you doing what you know to do. And then you wonder where things went wrong. So he's wanting his son to marry. So that's why it's good to have the blessing of your parents on your life. You want their blessing because things will go well with you. You don't want to marry the wrong person if they realize it's not going to treat you right or they're not going to honor you. 
And so, therefore, the blessing of your mom and your dad can't be upon that because I want things to go well with you. And so he said this. He said, but thou shalt go into the country to, to my kindred and take a wife unto, uh, from Isaac. Go to her and take that. Look at 63 and 67. Mm-hmm. And Isaac went out to meditate. And there's things that you have to read in between this when he met his uh, wife, Rebecca. Um, and it says that it was a setup to where the servant prayed to God and told God, okay, I want this, my master wants this wife for his son, but this is what I'm asking you to do. Set this situation up for me, and I know that this is the right woman that my uh, master, my son, is supposed to have. So he meets this lady at the well, like he said. Now he finds this lady, and he says, this is the right lady. She's equally yoked. She loves God just like my servant, my master does. And that's how you want. You want somebody that loves God more than you. You want somebody that has a passion for God just like you have here. Now, if you pull one of these girls or boys over to the side, if I tell y'all take 10 people and get in a group and look at their notes, that's going to tell you whether or not they have a passion for God because they didn't take now notes. <laughs> And they don't have their phone, so they can't say they was looking at their phone. They can't say they taped it because you can't tape your phone. So what did they do the whole time they were here? How were they going to remember what was taught? Because the Bible says to study, to show yourself approved unto God. That's the only way you're going to make right decisions is through the word of God. So what you do from here is that you go back. And I know the boys are supposed to be doing that from Church on the Rock. The girls are supposed to be doing it. Y'all supposed to be getting together in a group, looking over your notes. So tonight y'all going to find out who really did what they supposed to been doing. Because God can only draw nigh to you as you draw nigh to him. He can only honor you as you honor him. So you're in his presence. And so this is what it says in 63, 67. And Isaac went out to meditate in the field. At the eventide, and he lifted up his eyes and saw, and behold, the camels were coming. He was spending time with God. See, that's what I'm talking about. You need a man that's going to wake up in the morning and just spend time with God. You look at him in the bed, you're like, okay, where is it? And you don't think he done left you? You ain't got to run to the closet to see if his clothes is there. You already know his pattern. He meditates on the word of God every day. So I already know where my husband is. So he was out meditating in the same way with men. You want a wife that loves God just like you do. You want a wife that she's not home running around, going shopping, spending all the money. Next thing you know, the budget, you can't make budget this week because of her. You want a woman that's spending time with God, getting the mind of God concerning the family. She wants to be at church. She's not all worn out. Well, she can't come to church. You know, you want to look for that. So this is where he was. And I guarantee you, he was praying for his wife. He was probably praying for that servant to bring back that woman. Amen. And the qualifications was that she was a godly lady. That's your qualifications. I know sometimes y'all look at the outside of the females. Candy said, yeah. (laughs) Then y'all put pressure on these women, men. Because they got to get their face done. They got to get their hair done. Just because you're after the outside of how she looks. So just take the pressure off of her, okay? And just say, baby, I'm just after the inside. I'm not after the outside at all. Because I understand how this is going. 
And then it says this, and, and, and the servant told Isaac in verse 66 all things that he had done. And Isaac brought her into his mother's Sarah tent and took Rebekah, and she became his wife. Then he took her to the bed. <laughs> See, you want her to be your wife, and then you go to the bed. You don't want her to be your girlfriend. So Joseph did it right. This man did it right. So you want to make sure that you understand there's a right way to do everything in life. God wants you to know his will and his plan for everything that he has for you, whether it's your mate. And some of y'all just stand away because you know what? We're getting ready to pray for you right now. I'm through. I'm through. I'm through. Because I know that some of y'all have made the wrong decisions in life. You've done it without the word of God. You can't make the right decision without the word of God. And you all have closed up the book. And did things your way. And so now you're despondent. You're disappointed in life. You can never see that. But today you're going to get clarity back in your life. And you're going to see that God has a plan for your life. And so if you need to come up here tonight and say, Father, I repent. We got to repent, you all. We got to let the Father know that I am changing. I am turning from the ways that I have went in. I'm ready to do it your way. I'm, and when I say repent, I'm not just saying get up here and just repent. I'm talking about going back, reading your Bible, praying and talking to God. I'm talking about a lifestyle. I'm not just saying I went to camp and man, I got it all right. No, we want some evidence. We want to see that you read. We want to hear the word coming out of your mouth. We want to hear what your pastor preached on last week. And we say, what did the pastor preach on? You're young. You can hear. I mean, I mean, you know what? I taught this to uh, my youth, but there was like a, a eight-year-old boy in the class, and I was concerned whether or not to preach this to him in front of them. But you know what the Holy Ghost said? He's listening to the music that they're listening to. The music is wrong that he's listening to. It. He said, "What other music is there out there?" You're 20 years old. An eight-year-old has to listen to your music. So you know what they're going to do? They're getting clogged up with the things that you're listening to at a young age. So it doesn't matter who's in this room tonight. God has a plan for your life, and he wants you to do it right. But I have a certain call, and I want you all to come forth. But this is what I want you to do.